0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 72 of Midday Poppyland on the Storytinker. And today we are super excited to have half of the members of the Smut Sisters with us. We have Begonia Rex and C.P. Copy-Pistel. So ladies, say hi.
1: Hello. I've been on the podcast before, obviously, so it's fun to be back. And uh, I am super excited to talk about this episode. And I'm new,
2: but... You know lurk in the shadows of the internet all over the place so people mostly know who I
0: am hi (laughs) it's really great to to join you though and actually meet you in person Mindy so this is a lot of fun yeah and I want to take a moment to shout out the my sisters they stream every week and I don't you want to share the details here Oh, the details
2: of the thing that became Smut Sisters. Yeah, we we stream, it's which we were trying for every week for a long time. We've kind of gone into a bi-weekly format, but we announce it on our Instagram uh when we are and are not going to be streaming. Uh we're on Twitch at twitch.tv slash uh and usually at 6 30 pst on Saturday nights. And it's complete unbridled chaos. So I really look forward to seeing how Mindy actually keeps us on track and makes us behave ourselves <laughs> because we have never been able. To stay on topic very long, but we try. We try. Oh, we hardest. only have half
0: of you, so I think it should be easier than if it was yeah. four of you.
2: <laughs> there we go. That's
0: yeah, only 50% of the chaos. Yeah, so I'm gonna put some links like in the in the comments or in the notes of the episode. But I also want to say that each of you are very creative in your own right and you all have either fanfic or fan art. So you guys have to check out the Instagrams, check out the AO3 accounts, check out the stories. Right now they're in the middle of doing a very, very cool concept of a collaborative like round robin story. And it is fantastic and very cool. So check it out. I'll be posting links to everything. And yeah, so so excited that you're on. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this episode. So we start out, we have um, Tora, it's just staring there, standing there while Puppy is trying to fill up her scooter with gas. And she's like, oh, it's stuck, right, blah, blah, blah. And then she asks him, she's like, I'm just curious though, how'd you find me here? I only sent you a message that I was leaving town and my reception got cut off and I had to turn my phone off. So he's like, your friend Erdine told me, blank. (laughs) And doesn't respond more. Staring off into space sounds like a lot of very typical, stereotypical male thing. I don't know if I agree with that, but I have to. That's the stereotype. (laughs) And Pop is like, oh, he really doesn't like elaborating, huh? I guess given his role in the mafia, he's had to keep his answers as simple as he can to avoid leaking vital information. Probably second nature in him by now, even if he is quite an introverted. And I know, you know, it's funny because it reminds me of his interactions with Vincent are very, very curt. And in that case, it's not necessarily like leaking vital information, but it's more like to protect himself. And mm. I guess it is kind of like leaking vital information because you're giving, if you give personal information about yourself to someone who is malevolent, they will use it against you. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: But, you know, we will see him very shortly why he's not really interested in elaborating. Not that he mm-hmm. thinks copy is malevolent, but some other reason. But what I really like about at least Poppy's thought process is that she's not getting upset and being like, okay, why isn't he talking anymore to me? Why isn't he saying, what is he withholding information? She's very understanding and she's putting herself in his shoes. Mm.
2: No, definitely. I like that she's, you know, that's one thing I think that everybody really finds appealing about these characters is that they don't judge each other, really. Like there is obviously some surface judgment, because that's how humans are. Humans have to protect themselves in order to survive in this world. And so you have to kind of look at people and try and make some assumptions and some judgments to figure out who they are. But I think they both usually step back and give a chance to like look a little bit deeper and admit fault and admit when, you know, things are kind of out of control. I like that she, um, well, I don't want to jump ahead. I was gonna. There's a thing coming. I want to jump ahead, but um, that she isn't. That she isn't judging him, and you can see that he clearly is trying to make some careful choices in his head. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's staring, which may also just be a little bit because he's staring. But <laughs> <So>
0: no doubt.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like, little...
1: I like. that we open with his eyes, just like very intently. Like yeah, we know where you're looking, Tora. <laughs> well he's missed
2: her and he's been driving around trying to find her for an entire day so yeah relief there and just taking it in so
0: yeah it's like the beginning is from his perspective you know he's towering above her so you see him looking down at her yeah he likes her
1: (laughs) (laughs) just a little bit
0: yeah and and then she you know she thinks to herself but maybe and she does push the question a little more and she says and she's anxious about it you see because she stutters and she says how did you find me here this exact location though and she thinks back to when she first saw him when she during her encounter or with jewelry and she you know it's like torah and we see him coming in and we see poppy's face and the poor girl she has like tears in her eyes from this horrible things that jewelry said and she's just completely shocked to see him oh it's just so sad to see her with those tears in her eyes. Stupid
2: Well, if she's anything like me, that's also just rage crying because that's yeah. <laughs> I, I was I I have to admit I really was kind of hoping that she was going to be the one to bitch slap him. But yeah. <laughs> that was I I'm fine with with what actually happened, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit of Poppy hulking out and just yeah. going for it, taking him down. That would have been really satisfying to see. If perhaps not the most realistic scenario here, right. but I would have. I think if, if she's anything like me in that case, that's not, that's not tears of sadness. That's tears of, I'm going to beat your ass and Mm -hmm. it's coming out of my eyes right now. That's how Mm -hmm. I tend to react.
0: That's cool. And she thinks to herself, I just want to know a little bit more about his life. And she has a little bit of an anxious look on her face. And at first glance, you would wonder why. But then Lily does something, which I think is fantastic. She really gives you an understanding of why Poppy reacts the way she does and she's been doing this continually throughout the story where Poppy has certain hesitancies and which, you know, on the outset, if we didn't know about her history, we would say, okay, she's just, you know, hesitant. She takes things slow. But now when we get glimpses into her past, we really understand the fullness of her hesitancy and the, the amount of work it'll take to overcome that. And we get a flashback to Julie. And asking her, we have Poppy turned away from him, right? So clear body language. He looks like he's kind of yelling at her with a hurt look on his face because who's the victim of this situation? Hmm, it's jewelry. And he, Poppy, has this paper full Poppy schedule, and he's like, Why do we need to exchange college schedules? Why do you keep probing at how I spend my time? How can we have a relationship if you don't trust me?
1: and then we see that he was like oh who are you ta- why were you talking to that guy like he just turned around and you know he didn't want to give any information to her but then he wanted to control her relationships and who she was interacting with but like oh, yes. turning it back on her like she was asking very simple things of him like why wouldn't you want to know your boyfriend's class schedule like or like yeah how, like if you want to know what he's doing so you can hang out together but like he turned that back on to her of like don't ask me any questions
0: Jerk. yeah uh, so aggravating oh uh, anyway so poppy has some kind of trauma basically for Mm -hmm. being too inquisitive and she you know would be triggered and thinking you know oh i'm being pushy i'm being annoying i'm being like needy and this is all the stuff that jewelry has told her that she is if she dares to ask him any questions so she's hesitating but now but she's smart enough and self-aware enough to recognize where it comes from because she shakes her head and she's like get out of my head which is Mm -hmm. you know like i think it's a classic phrase like awareness is the first step to solving the problem and yeah, obviously it's difficult to change, but at least knowing the reasoning and why and what the problem is, that is crucial to getting, taking the next step. So go oh, Poppy.
1: Well, and I like how Torres is kind of just, he's like the next panel, we see him, he's watching her, like he's watching her reactions. We know that he reads body language really mm-hmm. well. Um, so I think he's kind of seeing that, she wants to ask him more, but she's also hesitant, and he obviously knows about her ex. Um, and so the fact then, that he now offers something without her asking, I think he's kind of seeing like, you know, he has to keep so much close to the chest with her to keep her safe, but also realizing, like, oh, I need to, like, I can see she's, like, she wants to ask more. She's afraid. She's struggling. But like, I can at least extend a little bit more. hmm that's one thing that he
2: said in an earlier chapter to her when they were at his apartment and he asked like who did this to you when Mm -hmm. she was really struggling with issues and she was worrying about you know talking to him and expressing her feelings and expressing that she was angry and that she has a right to be angry and that was one thing that was really nice to see was that he had that acceptance that he you know it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to A a completely agree with your partner when they are angry with you, but it is part of a partnership to give them the freedom to express how they are feeling and how they are feeling, whether you 100% agree with it, it's still valid because it is their feelings. And I like that he gives her that emotional Uh, like kind of safety to to Mm -hmm. express how she's feeling and so you can see yeah when he's looking at her there in that situation he's obviously recognizing that she's spiraling she's doing the same thing that she tends to it's not necessarily he's not necessarily gonna every time be like what's going on inside the hamster cage but he's still uh, you know aware that she's that she's sorting some things out for herself so it's kind of nice that he's also giving Mm -hmm. her a little bit of that space
0: he's he's like the foil to jewelry yes (laughs) which Which is really
1: interesting yeah sorry Max go ahead I don't know I just I think over and over again we see him even though he's not privy to her thoughts he obviously reads her really well and so like she'll be thinking about some way that Jory acted towards her treated her and sometimes she's shared that with Tor but she hasn't really shared the full extent yet but Mm. I think he's picking up on that and so like you know, the fact that we see Jewelry pushing back against her asking any information. And then Tor here responds, but then realizes that she needs more and just mm. offers something. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. And that's what he does. He says, remember the first day we met? And Poppy's like, mm mm-hmm. He says, well, earlier tonight, I was driving around and got to the place where you crashed your scooter. And we see the scene switching to him, looking mm. studly, just FYI. <laughs> Tara. Oh my gosh. I don't know how. I don't, I, it's just impossible. No matter what she puts him in, he just gets hotter and hotter. It's in, just insane. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> by the way, I, you know when my husband thinks of Tora, Tora's looks? He's like, he's such a girly girl. I'm like, excuse me. i like, first of all, look that. with that? Second of all, I'm like, do you have
1: eyes, girly <laughs> girl? Because like girl, he has long hair.
0: I don't know, because he's beautiful. I don't know. Maybe he, like, maybe only women can be beautiful in his eyes. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> but I, I've been saying to people like with this little mini arc of like Professor Torah, like the glasses and like the blazer. Like when I met my husband for the first time he was wearing a blazer almost that exact same color and he had like elbow patches on it and I remember even being like oh like oh I like your blazer oh like that looks really cute and in my mind I was like he looks academic I was like caught my attention right away
0: it's so cute
2: well you guys know my opinions on glasses
0: I almost died when
1: (laughs) I know right
0: (laughs) Your glasses are very cool. I wanted to comment on them. They're like Google glasses so they have like all the, the rainbow on them. <laughs>
1: well, for people who don't know, CP... Was the first fan to give us fan art of Tora wearing glasses.
2: I wrote an entire goddamn fanfic about yeah.
1: glasses cake. <laughs> so, like in CP's first fix, Staggering Forward, like there's a whole scene where like Tora and Poppy are like reading together and Tora pulls out his reading glasses and Poppy's just like, yeah. What? No, no, I cannot handle this.
2: <laughs> and i married a man with 2020 vision like answer oh, me how that happened
0: that's it's so funny stuff. wait does he put he on thick
2: glasses to... for you no no He he's a programmer though but he so he does wear some uh, gundar glasses which are yellow tinted programming glasses yeah. that's all i get <laughs> that's all i get but he said that he, last time he went to the optometrist they did say that he's probably going to meet some things i'm like i get to pick and you're
0: them like, yes. <laughs> um, like, you're like the only one who's oh, yeah. wishing for like his senses to go away
2: (laughs) i told i told jack's uh stargazer we were chatting on instagram i said if it turns out like that these i said i want these glasses to be real i want him to have a legitimate eye problem and if he doesn't i want to go and manifest myself into the comic and poke him in the eye
1: (laughs) i have
0: a problem well no i have an obsession with long blonde hair and i've been begging my husband my poor husband like he's does not want long blonde hair and i've been begging so yeah i know that's we all have our things
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what were we talking uh, about oh yeah the comments. <laughs> right so um Tora, he says then i went out to take a look and saw that your scooter was gone and removed all the blood and evidence that day and this is what he's thinking um you know to himself that he removed all the blood and evidence that day so i doubt anyone's going to pick up a lead from here but goddamn it i can't believe i forgot all about the Evan scooter no tire marks and must have been gone weeks ago right so that's his you know deducted or induction skills, I never remember which one's which, (laughs) but (laughs) I think deduction, but who the hell took it, Bobby, or did someone else come by, she was yelling about something that day, what did she say, and we remember Poppy, you know, we have a scene of her hugging her scooter, she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take it out on you, I'll call for a tow truck to get you as soon as I can, so he remembers, that's, that's it, and he tells her now, we're back to the present, then I remembered you said something about getting a tow truck, so I looked up tow services in Moonbright and found Darlene's garage, and once again, we're super excited about Darlene's garage. And I came to see if she had an address. And we have this little author's note, have truth accomplished. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty scary. If you tell someone, listen, I got this database, kind of has like all this private information on you and I can like totally invade your privacy, even if it's incorrect information in the end, but whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I so- can imagine it's. I think it's fair for him. He, he's not lying. Just yeah, that would be a little, little much to throw at her all at once. So I think that's fair to keep that back.
0: Yeah, and he's like this. She's like, oh, all right. None of you guys have my Moonbite address. Okay, which is a very ironic statement, but okay. <laughs> and she's like, "Gosh, you figured it all out just like that. That's pretty impressive." Just sweet. Poppy's always into compliments, you know? I mean, this is like a perennial theme in the story, but like Tora doesn't get compliments. I mean, he gets compliments from Vincent, I guess, but it's like the most poisoned compliments ever. So,
1: the most backhanded way to say something. (laughs) <laughs> i wouldn't be shocked if it. honestly that has a little bit to do
2: with his inability to take compliments because mm-hmm. compliments from vincent were always things that torah did not like about himself so mm-hmm. if vincent is complimenting him some, on something it's usually he's complimenting something that torah wished didn't exist therefore when you receive a compliment of something that you maybe actually do take pride in it might be hard to accept it or at least separate it from how you've been li- living your life your entire existence so i think I that think, is that is interesting
0: yeah I also think mm-hmm. if you're not used to getting compliments in general, it's hard to take it. Like my husband's uh, a Dutch and I think they're just, we grew up in a different culture. In that. So my mom was always giving us compliments and his family just didn't. And it wasn't meant to be not loving. It was just not done. And I think like whenever I give him a compliment, he kind of like rolls his eyes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I think it's also like uh, if you're not used to it. Mm -hmm. and but Tora does like yeah he has this little uncomfortable thing he shoves his glasses up and he's a little sweat mark it's so cute (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't know what to do with himself and I know a lot of people were excited about the glasses show because I don't know (laughs) when other people do it who knows when he does it anything he does it's sexy so
1: (laughs) what I love how he's like she's like that's pretty impressive so like one is like he's like ah she complimented me but also like he didn't quite figure out all that exactly that way so like I think maybe he's also kind of starting like I hope she doesn't like probe more than that. He's yeah. a little
2: sus at the moment just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yep. Because he One even thing.
1: says like that's it that's all she wanted to ask.
2: Yeah <laughs> no I think he was preparing for a bit more of a barrage of uh, questions there one thing that's kind of interesting I just realized is that we're talking about how like he doesn't take compliments well when it's about things like that he's done but he really wants her to compliment on how he looks looks. like (laughs) he really cares he was literally he's like I need more compliments I need you to hi hi I look really good today I'm gonna need you to compliment me
1: a little bit
0: more please could you comment
1: I liked how he was like he was like how do I look and she's like oh come on you know you look good
0: Right, that's the one thing that like he really has gets a lot of affirmation from from like everyone on the street.
2: <laughs> that's
1: but the, probably particular- the place where he has the most confidence. So, mm-hmm. but like he wants to know Poppy thinks he looks good. He doesn't right. care what other people think because <laughs> like even in the club one like last season when he had his like leather jacket on and he's like posing for. Her, <laughs> as soon as they started talking, he took it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it had accomplished its goal. But like I just Aww. love how he's like, he always wants like, like, do you think I look good? Do you think I look cute? Mm-hmm. Tell me I'm Tell pretty. Oh. Me I'm pretty. That's
2: sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny that like he
2: like, like, you know, so that's something where nobody else, he doesn't want everybody else looking at him. That makes him uncomfortable. He wants her to look at him. Mm-hmm. But then when she's actually complimenting things that you know are good about him but maybe he doesn't perceive them as good as good qualities then he's starting to get even more self-conscious and I wonder if that's a little bit of like afraid that once she gets to know him a little bit more and starts to see more of his Mm -hmm. attributes he she might lose interest or discover something that she doesn't like about or that she doesn't like about him because those things or those situations where he has received praise in the past are usually tied to terrible things that he knows poppy wouldn't really like so Mm. it's is I I I really like his like kind of deductive uh, reasoning and how smart he is and he's he's got those skills I'm really interested to know like how that got trained into him and how that came to be but I don't know if he necessarily values that in the way that other people would because of how it's tied and how he maybe came to have that skill set yeah
0: that's really smart and um you know she's like oh crap that's too much and while is thinking that's it that's all she wants to ask what she said and she thinks himself she's smart as hell and if she went onto mm-hmm. something she could just be hiding it which is so true because sometimes we as the readers don't even know what's going on in Poppy's head and she fools us <laughs> so mm-hmm. so who knows she keeps well and the so fact cool.
1: sorry and the fact that he like sees that too like there's a lot of people who don't catch on how smart Poppy is. Cause like Erdine even said like way back in the last season, like, oh, you always do this play along thing. And like, I think Erdine and Jacob forget. Maybe Jacob doesn't even know, but like, I think Erdine just kind of forgot that Poppy will act kind of sweet and like that she doesn't pick up on things, but she files all of that away. Mm -hmm. And then like, Tora obviously sees that and doesn't like discount it or like forget about it even if she's not like showing that side of herself overtly but like the fact that he's like okay if she caught on to something she might just not say anything
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean and his, his safety has always relied upon being a good reader of people so it's not mm-hmm. surprising that he can infer from beyond the surface
2: yeah <laughs> we, we've said this before they're a lot more alike than I think people like the the whole premise when you look at the comic from the surface is, is these opposite of tracks type of situation I'm like nope they're the same human in different rappers, honestly they have so much in common they have so mm-hmm. much in the terms of their personality of how they behave and just because Poppy maybe presents herself a little bit differently because of how she has grown up and how her life has shaped her and also you know forced her hands in terms of how she has to be perceived same thing for torah he's been shaped in a way and he has a certain way that he has to present himself but under under the surface we've seen those mirrors situations the one where he uh punches the mirror and then stops when he kind of notices the hair tie around his wrist that was mirrored later when poppy threw a fist and then actually impacted with the bus shelter so Mm -hmm. that was funny she didn't pull back she actually nailed it so (laughs) that's and showing that the mirror and how the art style was done in that case, I think was just a really nice uh, summary of how they are very, very similar people under the surface. They just have lived different lives
0: and they present different ways. hmm mm-hmm. yeah, and he thinks himself, I just hope my answer is enough to satisfy that damn hamster wheel brain of hers for now. <laughs> and we have this beautiful, like, you know, I love all the starry sky images, just gorgeous, and, you know, a little vignette of their um, the location. And while she's filling up the gas, she says, she asks on an unrelated note, I think I know why you're dressed differently, but why are you talking differently to me too? And she's just looking at him and Tora looks away and you can tell that he's uncomfortable. And it's fairly obvious because Tora, you know, has always been looked at for as being a thug by outsiders. And that's something that he's sensitive about. So he's clearly trying to stay away from that by not only dressing differently, but also talking differently. So it's a sensitive point for him. And Poppy sees that. He's, she says, is it because? And she stops. She's pointing the nozzle at him. Tora, again, takes a moment to just not respond. And the fact that we see panels and him not responding, like you can see that it's causing him some discomfort. And he kind of avoids answering the question. And he says, please don't point that nozzle at me, Poppy. And she's like, whoops, sorry, no nozzle. Pointing a nozzle. has Got it. right?" He's not answering her question because he's uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but the good thing is that it's Poppy's talking to because Poppy takes a moment you know you see her contemplating she picks up on his discomfort looks at him and looks down and then says i'm sorry and toro's like hmm? he's he's taken aback by her by her statement and she says that was awful of me i shouldn't have teased you about the way you speak and she's moving closer to him and then she touches his arm
1: oh Sweet. And I love that shot that just pulled back, showing them, like, in the light. And he's right in, like, the center of the panel. And I just love how she's, like, looking at him. Um, And this is interesting, too, because, like, color-wise, this is a combination of, like, kind of the two color palettes we've seen so far this season. Um, So, like, we started the season with a lot of, like, It started like with yellows and oranges shifted into red and now with this arc we've had a lot of blues and purples but Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like this panel has like almost all of those colors (laughs) here which is I don't know as an art person I always notice all the colors
0: that's cool yeah yeah I didn't think of it that way
2: yeah it's nice seeing her uh you know validate a little bit about like you know mistakes that she made when she was drunk mm-hmm. and she was teasing him that's one thing i i noticed this this is a consistent thing at least in the fanfic author world is we like to torture the poor boy like honestly we do we put him through the ringer a lot of the time he gets you know it's, rex you made him fall down in our group fix thing like we and it's kind of fun and i think it's a trope of like we like seeing the big hard guy mm-hmm soft and have faults and fall down and stumble and we like we kind of like that and I still I think that also is interesting just in character development I love seeing moments where he is in even he's fallible when he makes mistakes and is clumsy and is human and that's really nice but I think that one thing that we as a society really have problems with is when we see large, stoic, strong people, we put huge expectations on them in terms hmm. of their feelings and how they might respond to being things like being teased. You would think that someone hmm. like him in his situation, you know, in the mafia, or even just being a large, confident looking person wouldn't take, you know, being teased and wouldn't let that bother him. And I like that she's recognizing that, you know, it doesn't matter what he looks like or what he does he's still being teased and that doesn't necessarily feel good. It, it was touching on things that he has self-confidence issues around. And even if it isn't tied to something that is rooted in deeper trauma for him, it's still not nice to tease people. And it's, you know, just because you're five feet tall and she's talked about this, she gets away with being an asshole all the time because mm-hmm. she's five feet tall, just because he's over six feet, re- doesn't mean that he can't be hurt through uh-huh. actually. So she that. recognizes, she recognizes more strength in herself that she has the ability to hurt him and needs to be careful with how she treats him as well. So he's, he is, you know, breakable.
0: He is fragile. Uh, <laughs> so. I love that. I, I definitely agree. And one of the things that bothers me a lot is like this, particularly from men is that we are so callous with our feelings, I think. And I, I don't like that at all. I think that we should be just as sensitive to men as we are to women. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they have feelings too. <laughs> Yeah,
2: world would be a lot better place if we all had a little bit more empathy overall for everyone regardless of what they look like so mm-hmm. yeah yep. so i'm glad she apologized <laughs> i'm really glad they got her to put the nozzle down because you know knowing lily i would not have put it past her to be like oops i soaked you in gasoline <laughs> no, we're gonna go this way in the chapter but no come back <laughs> please <Yep>. don't <laughs> so yeah thank you put the nozzle down let's not
0: go that direction hmm and then she says these amazing, incredible words. And she's like, you, you could just be yourself when you're around me, at least with your cute little street slang and everything. I mean it. Oh, I love it. Poppy. You're the best. This is what he needs to hear. He needs to know he's accepted as he is. And that's what mm-hmm. I mean, any partner really needs to know for each other that they are accepted as they are. This is, that's the, supposed to be the one person that that's your safe place place that loves you for you for as you are and it's just so affirming and validating and this is just the best I mean this is like the centerpiece of the episode
1: yeah and I love that he's given that message to her more than once now in different ways I mean he hasn't like straight up said it that way but like at Regina's peak when he's like you know Look at the damn mirror and tell me who and think you're beautiful. Or, like, you know, she's even said he gives her emotional affirmation. Mm-hmm. So, even if she's not sure right now how exactly she feels about him, like she's acknowledged that he emotionally validates her feelings, he emotionally validates her as a person. And so, I think now, like, she's seeing that she has the power to do that as well for him. Um, and yeah, like you said, like picking up on the fact that like, that's maybe a sore spot for him is like, um, I've kind of gotten this a little bit, not a ton, like probably Tor because my accent isn't, isn't as pronounced, but like, um, I grew up in the inner city. And so like, I'm very well read, but I didn't grow up around people who necessarily spoke certain words out loud. So when I went in to, um, a very expensive private college, like I would be giving presentations sometimes and I would pull certain words out because I didn't actually know how to pronounce them out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, And there can be a lot of judgment of like, I mean, I didn't know how to say facade. Mm -hmm. I had never heard anybody say that word out loud before. I knew how to use it in a sentence, but I didn't know how to say it. Um, And even like I was dating somebody on the East coast in college, my, my jewelry and like he and his friends would actually make fun of how I talked because I have, I have a Midwestern accent. I'm from Minnesota. We pull out some of our vowels more, but like, um, my attitude was kind of like, Oh, you don't like how I say couch. Well, I'm going to really lean into that. But like, there's also that feeling of like being looked down upon as not being as smart. Um, and just kind of like, yeah, people making fun of that, of something you can't necessarily control and you don't necessarily think about all the time, but knowing people judge you for it. So I like that Poppy specifically pointed out like, okay, I get why you're talking differently, maybe around jewelry and maybe while you're here in Moonbrite, but like, it's just me, like, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why
2: they're a good pairing, because when you look mm-hmm. at them, they are two people that outwardly would foster a lot of uh, automatic assumptions from people mm-hmm. like she's mm-hmm. very, very large, tough, he's in the mafia, people are going to make stacked assumptions about her. but she on the other side is very small, she's cute, she's likes unicorns and sparkly things and wears cute clothes. And so people make a lot of assumptions about her immediately, and they've actually managed to somehow find each other and they recognize that in each other, that they aren't their surface personas wearing those surface personas can be very valuable, it can be very useful in both for both of them. She obviously mm-hmm. wields the perception of herself in order to meet certain ends, just as he does. He recognizes that his ability to be threatening and you know in- intimidating can be useful in his line of work. So it can be wielded, it can be useful. But between the two of them, there's that opportunity to bring shields down because as we were talked about earlier, like they are very similar in mm-hmm. that. So where you wouldn't necessarily have that the same way with just any other person who maybe grew up in a way where they are just sort of like everybody else these two people very much stand out from the crowd in different ways and so that mm-hmm. is kind of how that bond definitely could exist between them
1: and I like yeah. that she says you're cute little sleigh mm. street sleigh
2: <laughs> no, I like know she just keeps calling him cute she's
1: like I want to bite your tiny ears <laughs> <laughs> <Lady>. <laughs> okay mm-hmm. <laughs> And I love yeah. that we get this reaction where Torah is, like, he kind of has his, like, sort of surprised, I don't know what to do face. Mm-hmm. And then the little blush and the tiny nod of, like, mm-hmm. he realizes, like, she caught him.
2: <laughs> and he,
1: like, I love that she caught him, calls him out on it, and then is like, hey, like, it's cute. Like, I like the way you talk. Um, and I just love that he, like, he just doesn't know what to do. He's just kind of like, okay.
0: <laughs> he's not at the, like, emotional relationship stage where he can be, mm-hmm. you know, accept it, really. So he's still uncomfortable because he hasn't been used to been ha- having people give him love, give him acceptance. So it takes mm-hmm. a while to learn to to accept these things. Mm-hmm. So all he can do is just nod. That's a little bit of acknowledgement that he can do. He can't even verbalize it.
2: Yeah, this is something I know like Rex and I have talked about like I don't do a lot of deep analysis stuff like this, Uh, I do it in form of more creative writing but that's one opinion I've always had about him is that he is probably very emotionally stunted in terms of like Mm -hmm. You know how old he is emotionally because he hasn't had these experiences. So dealing with with girls is probably a lot more challenging than you know dealing with things in his work. He hasn't had these same type of experiences. So emotionally, he's probably you know would be considered much younger than say Poppy was. Even though she's went through trauma, she's went through negative relationships, she's had a relationship, she's you know had a partnership so to speak, even if it was a garbage fire. Um, so he is he is a, a a baby marshmallow wrapped up in a in a packet. <laughs> <laughs> in an attractive package mm-hmm. but you know these types of experiences are new and he's shy and he's vulnerable and it's it's literally like watching a little boy and being like oh honey you're gonna mm-hmm. be okay sweetheart you'll figure this out but he's got that like bashful teenager kind mm-hmm. of vibe
0: going no oh, so sweet and they, it looks to me like they're sharing a moment because like puppy's looking yeah. up at him and blushing and there's mm-hmm. like this time it looks to me like there's a little bit of a time thing there and then Poppy's like, anyway, she turns around. Granny, <laughs> hurt her wrist. Thankfully, it wasn't as bad as I thought. But I'm staying on for a couple more days to see some arrangements. And I was about to head home, my moon bright home, I mean. And it's like, what about you? Are you returning to the city? You can still get a cab service back. It's pretty expensive, but it should be affordable for you. And then she like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she <laughs> covers her mouth because she's like, crap way to sound like you're fishing for his financial status because yeah i can i can see that because there has been like she's it's been clear that torah has a lot more money than her you know mm-hmm. she's always budgeting she can't afford groceries like she's fishing out her last like dollar and um and like, Tora is just like giving money away, you know, like he clearly mm-hmm. has more of it, but I totally understand her discomfort at that.
2: That makes sense. People who don't have money think about money way more than people that have mm-hmm. it. Because you have to think about it. You have to think yeah. about every dime and then you are very self-aware. You're very conscious that, you know, other people might be perceiving you in a certain way. So, mm-hmm. so that would be obviously something she should go right to right away because it's constantly hanging over her head. She couldn't yeah. can't help but think about it. Mm -hmm. i just love that he keeps talking about his car she's like i am not listening that bubble is behind your head
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then i I noticed i think his car he named his sports car red red yeah i saw that too i was like he calls it red that's so cute i was like (laughs) red's not happy i just i love that he's like red's not uh what does it say happy with Um, long distance with long distance which you know he drove to Moonbite before with that car but i love that he's just he's so literal <laughs> yeah, he like, person. What is what is, is Dora call his his baby? Like obviously, the car that he cares about, red.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he humanizes it, and he's like gives it a personality. What is, what is it called mm-hmm. when you humanize uh, anthropomorphism? Right. For yeah. for so, right. That too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, his car is not happy. Okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> and yeah, it's to me, it's like the beginning of like the stereotype of like women zoning out like men and women zoning out when the other one's talking about their like particular niche thing that they just can't get and like hmm. he's like okay this is the beginning of many conversations where going to be talking about his car probably be like uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i do love that like because like people it's shown up in fakes where it's like th- that car is his baby but we've never really had that like confirmed in the comic and we've seen him driving different vehicles but like now you are like yeah no no that car is definitely your baby
0: <laughs> yeah that's cute
2: even though he parks like shit yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so... that might be a
2: defense mechanism because i've always been told never park next to the guy who's like crooked because you know he's gonna ding your door so you always yeah. give him a wide bird. <laughs> Just if someone's parked like an asshole you're like you know what you have this space you i'll be over here mm-hmm.
0: But anyway, he crosses his arms and he's like, but I'm not going anywhere. You really think I'll leave you here alone after what just happened? And probably it's like, hmm, you know, which is like, okay, surprise somehow. We're not surprised. Surprised that Tora cares about her and he actually Mm -hmm. cares about her feelings. I'm like, Mr. Douchebag, we just saw, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, he's actually supportive. She's not used to this.
1: (laughs) Well, and like, that flashes back to like the previous episode where jewelry shows up or two episodes ago whatever it was where jewelry shows up and he's like oh I was going to join you at the hospital and she's like I didn't ask you to and I don't want you to but like the fact that jewelry like just defaults to like oh I was going to do this thing even though you know he wasn't going to um, but I, I have family members like that where they'll be like oh I thought about doing this thing for you but they don't right. <laughs> and I'm like uh In this case, the thought does not count. It's like (laughs) actions do speak louder than words. And the fact that Jewelry like immediately has like an excuse. Um, Mm. Even though like he's expecting that Poppy wanted him there, which I'm still curious how he got that picture then of... Mm -hmm. grandmother in the hospital bed like maybe
0: some nurse or something that he knows
1: yeah. yeah but like like the fact that poppy was like he sent me this picture of my grandma and it's like okay if he wasn't at the hospital how did he get that yeah,
2: I've kind of turned my brain off a little bit because I'm looking at Granny. I'm like, Granny, you doing some shit. There's some shit going on. This is a ruse. You dove off that chair, didn't you? So like, yeah. I'm
1: suspicious
2: that there's some stuff going on, but I'm just sort of like, you know what? Lily will let us know in <laughs> a mm-hmm. second. I'm not going to rack my brain t- to my heart trying to figure something out because there's something going on here that's uh, that's not being revealed yet. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but I,
1: Granny, I don't trust you. You're up to shit. <laughs> yep. Well, and I think like, you know, Granny, like, we see some of her personality, and it's like, okay, yeah, I can see where Poppy gets a lot of that, so I'm, oh, nice. I'm guessing Granny is real sharp, too, because mm-hmm. I mean, even, like, the emotional manipulation that she did really pissed me off, because it's like, well, you're saying you don't like jewelry, but now you're doing the same thing, but, mm-hmm. like, the fact that her grandmother is that sharp, and with mm-hmm. it, of, like, I mean, manipulating people takes some work and some insight. <laughs> it's, it's not, not easy great. <laughs> but, like, the fact that obviously there's something going on that she needs to tell Poppy that she hasn't been telling her. And, like, it's clearly been keeping stuff from her um, that I'm guessing Poppy has probably picked up on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, like, Poppy even it's like, grandma's like gives her this whole like oh like all this stuff and poppy's like yeah like (laughs) i wasn't gonna say anything but that's Mm -hmm. bs um and so i like here where like you know she's talking to torah and kind of like oh you can go back to the city or whatever but that torah's like i'm not going anywhere like Mm -hmm. you think i'm gonna leave you alone and just like poppy's face of like the fact that she didn't ask him to stay but he's going to because yeah. he wants to make sure she's okay like mm-hmm. even though he dealt with she had to deal with jewelry Tori got to smack like the teeth out of jewelry um <laughs> but like to him he's like no i still want to be here for you
2: mm-hmm. yeah because he yeah, no, actually is like a nice
0: guy yeah
1: the thing with granny you know
2: we this is one thing that you think a lot about when you're writing is like there's kind of three ways the story can go there's the way you want it to go the way it should go for the plot and the way it would maybe go in terms of realism so mm-hmm. i want granny to be a sassy old sweetheart that loves her granddaughter. is like a secret super free hero behind the scenes and is amazing like that's what i want i i love sassy grandma and i hope that's that's what she is i would want her to be a good person um there's but then And then there's like, for the plot, it's like, okay, maybe it'll be a combination of the two. The other one that I worry is that maybe would be a little bit more of a realistic thing with her is that Poppy, you know, got in a relationship with a man and let him drag her through the dirt, but she got into a relationship. Yes. In high school, still very, very young, but you know, not, not a child, not an infant by any means. And the being, ending up in those relationships and then letting your partner kind of falling into that sort of cycle of abuse with your partner, I worry that that can come from your own childhood of how your mm-hmm. parents and how your 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 role models raised you. so I worry that perhaps granny throughout child uh, poppy's childhood was a little bit manipulative, was a little bit gaslighty, mm. maybe didn't wasn't the the saint granny that we want her to be, and that could be a little bit why. Poppy then fell into a relationship with jewelry with and and ended up in that type of situation. So I hope that's not what it is. I really don't
1: want that to be what it is, but
2: it very well could be.
1: Well, and you see her emotionally manipulating Poppy to drive yeah. her back to Moon- Moonbright instead of saying the truth or why she doesn't want Poppy in the city. And then, I mean, I commented on this on my episode review is that. Poppy calls her grandmother out on that, and like, you know, they're having the conversation, then it gets interrupted. But then, like, Poppy immediately goes back to, Oh, I'm sorry for yelling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like,
2: it's one of those things that what we want, and I, this is where Lily is so great, is she mm. is giving us possibly like again it still hasn't come out all the way yet but i can see the the start of a real human relationship that humans are not infallible they're not perfect even poppy and torah they're not perfect people nobody is perfect and so it wouldn't be as much as we have like the fanfic community has like written granny so many ways but usually it's just like super sass granny and it's just kind of what we like for her that Mm -hmm. might not be the reality and that's that's very real so i i will applaud lily if that is the direction she is going because i think that that. that, you know, takes some balls when you clearly can see the fandom is just like ready for (laughs) like an older version of Poppy to to Mm -hmm. satisfy that. But I I think it's going to be really interesting. Sorry, we're getting off track. We're getting off track. I was going to say is like,
1: one thing we've seen with her, the bits that we've gotten about her grandmother is that her grandmother used to smoke a lot, Mm -hmm. according to Poppy. Um, The little glimpses we've gotten of Granny like happily drinking under other people under the table... Um, and the fact that she does swear pretty freely, um, mm-hmm. and has like, I, I I feel like there's that sass there too, because um, mm-hmm. like it made me so happy that she called jewelry a shitbag and yeah. a whistle.
2: I think we're gonna mm-hmm. like her. I just don't think that yeah. she's going to be the perfect thing that a mm-hmm. lot of us early on were just like, yay, granny. I think that there's gonna be like some some you know, fault there. Yeah. And I think and I think that we're starting to see a little hint of how Poppy grew up, which is going to be really interesting to, mm-hmm. to see if it goes forward.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with what you all are saying. I don't want to talk so much about Granny, but I, I yeah. really love what you just said. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and Poppy now asks him she's a little uncomfortable looking in away, a little sweat mark. And she's like, Do you mind sleeping in a moldy guest bedroom? And Toro's like, "Hmm." And she says, because if you'd like, and she looks at him, you can spend the night at my place as long as you don't mind the condition of the house. It's old and kind of shabby, and I'm still saving up for repairs, which is awesome. People, we have been waiting for this moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and like the fact that she trusts him to invite him in to like her home. Like he's been to her, he's been to her apartment, but this is like overnight like, overnight in her Moonbright home, which is probably still feels more like home.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm so flippin' excited. I really can't wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what I love, I love how it's set up, too, is that he's, like, you know, I'm gonna stay here and help you. Um, and then the fact that she's, like, well, you can stay. Like, she knows he has the money, but, like... The fact that she's like, well, you can stay with me if you want. And again, she's she's taking that, like, for her, that's a big step. Because mm-hmm. we saw when she was on the train, the fact that she felt comfortable enough to text her, hey, I know it's a long drive, but would you like to come to Moonbright and spend time with me? And the fact that she knew he'd say yes. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. still that fear, and we see that, like, she still feels guilty Talking to other men because of like the gaslighting she got from jewelry, and so, like, mm-hmm. here again, I mean, that's a big step for her to invite him into her home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I agree,
0: yeah. And Toro just like raises his eyes, eyebrows, and he's like, As long as I don't mind, sweetheart, have you been to my place? And Poppy <laughs> giggles, like, just don't say that, it's not the coziest, we you've kept it very clean, which is nice. I like. I like to hear that his apartment is clean. It's very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, come on, I'll ride my scooter back. You can follow behind in your car. It's a dark winding country road, but and he grabs her arm and the wrist. And he's like, seriously, leave your scooter here. I'll drive us. And then he pauses and she asks, what's wrong, Tora? And you see him looking across some rose bushes. And he's like, will you be okay on your own for a bit? And she's like, I think so. His car's gone. So he's gone too, right? And he's like don't worry you won't see his face anytime soon (laughs) which will we or won't we we'll discuss in a second and he's like go make payment i'll meet you at my car i gotta go check out something and he goes across and he goes to his car he pulls the license plate and it goes back and he's like "Hmm, number plate still in place and he's looking around um has this kind of like angry look on his face keeps looking at his car Poppy is coming up behind him and well first before she comes up behind him she goes to the well we'll address the car thing later because it full ties in after um she goes to the lantern and she you know looks around first and then thinks to herself about jewelry looks like he's really gone she has this like a little worried look on her face and then she's like takes off her helmet and goes to the um lantern and we see some money she's like this is all the cash i have left with me good thing i didn't have to spend it on lodging after all and I hope the guest money the let me is enough to pay for Darlene's stone lantern. I didn't want to make him feel bad by asking for it directly. But now we see our darling puppy like was not planning on letting this broken stone lantern go unattended because she's a moral person, right? And she, you know, knows that this is going to cause Darlene money to fix. So she wants to make it right. And luckily for her, we see that there already is money tucked in over there in the lantern. She's like, huh? great minds think alike <laughs> and she has a smile and to me i think you know emily gave a really nice comment where she talks about how they had the same moral outlook and how that's yeah. super important and i loved it because you know if torah would have been the kind of person who can destroy someone else's property and not feel bad and not try to make amends that would have been a bit that would not have been a good a good sign for me oh no and it shouldn't have been for poppy either so i think she looks relieved that torah did that because she's like okay He might have had an anger attack, but he tried to make up for it. And he's not just Mm going to go violate people's, you know, like, you know, go make someone lose out on money because of him.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was so glad that she saw that and because we all know that we've seen instances where he's stolen a car and been like i now I will pay your bills um yeah. but like so I was really glad that she got to see that because his reaction when he was redirecting his anger like I think she also saw that he very well could have killed her ex-boyfriend right there mm-hmm. in that moment but he pulled back he redirected his anger he put it he needed to put it somewhere and that is a real thing you can't expect people to they have to find outlets for that they have to mm-hmm. so he found best outlet he could find and then when he recognized that he damaged something that wasn't belonging to him he you know tried to to make up for it so that was I was really happy that she got to see that because we already knew that so it's it was a relief that that's not going to be swirling around in her head like you know is he an unhinged lantern smasher and things like that so that was that was really refreshing Mm
1: -hmm.
2: one thing that I noticed uh they say that that's been bugging my brain is she said I'm so glad now that I don't have to pay for lodging and so I keep wondering like if that's another thing like maybe she didn't feel safe going back to her home to her actual home uh, before Torah got there, but now that he's there. Like that, I kind of wonder in that earlier panel when she asked him if he'd come and he said, basically said yes. If, and then she looked kind of relieved and excited if that was also because then she was like, okay, that means I can actually go stay at my house because she was talking about like having to pay for lodging. So was she considering going to a motel before he showed up or was this, that's something else. That's how I was interpreting.
0: So I think if if I'm remembering the episodes correctly, she was standing in front of a, a motel thing and she wanted to pay for it because she said her house was too far away. And she didn't have a way mm. of getting there. So mm. it was just kind of weird because, yeah, maybe there wasn't bus running anymore or something. But, um, yeah, I think she was planning on doing that. But now that she has her scooter, she can drive herself back home.
1: And she also said, like, she didn't want to stop and ask for help from the person that she saw. Said, because she was like, oh, then I'll just have a bunch of people at the house tomorrow. Mm. So apparently, even though she wherever the house is, is out of ways. Like, apparently, if people you know if people find out that she's there she doesn't want a bunch of people showing up at the house either mm-hmm. so like maybe she feels like having tora there is kind of like it'll be like a buffer too um
0: also she didn't have to ask for anyone you know uncle larry or this person or that person so nobody will mm-hmm. know she's back you know Yeah. She wants to handle it herself.
2: I I don't know that's, I grew up in a, in a small town and my family's all from a small town. So that whole, like the second you cross the, like, you know, one kilometer to to this town sign, your uncle like sees your car from the highway and knows you're in town. You're like, here we go. They know I'm here. (laughs) So I totally feel that like trying to stay low and trying to stay, stay under the radar as she comes back into town. Cause that's, yeah. yeah, that's small town life in a nutshell right there. Everyone knows your business and it's not necessarily a negative thing, but it's just mm-hmm. to, you feel so constricted. You just don't have any freedom to do anything because everybody knows exactly what you're doing. You don't even have the freedom to change your mind on plants because they know you're there. So
1: <sighs> yeah, I didn't even I didn't grow up in a small town, but my dad grew up in a very small town in northern Minnesota. So like I, I barely visit there, but people still know who I am. The family genes are very strong. So like, yep. uh, I look a lot like my dad and uncles, but like anytime I'm up there, I will get at least a few people coming up and go, are you Jeff's daughter? Are you Dave's daughter? And I'm like, good, oh, Jeff, um, <laughs> but like people know, like mm-hmm. you're there, people know you're there. Mm-hmm. They want to know your business. They want to know what's going on. And I'm like, I don't even live here. <laughs> people knew that i was getting engaged back in my
2: parents town before i knew like it was (laughs) it was that town it just it just it's a gossip hole it's ridiculous my parent my aunt apparently knew that my mother was pregnant before my grandmother did like that that's (laughs) it just and they didn't tell anybody and it, it happened because somebody else said Does so-and-so look like, do you think they're going to be pregnant? And that started like a gossip train that wasn't even validated and it swept through the whole town before and they were (laughs) pregnant. Random, But like that kind of stuff, it's just the anxiety of all that in a small town. Yeah, I feel Poppy in every way here of what it's like to live there.
1: Well, and you know that like by the next day, there's going to be chatter of like, well, Poppy was with this, you know, this nice looking city guy and she said he was her uncle like who is this Mm -hmm. yeah I'm a little excited and then the the part of me that
2: has experienced that is also like oh god poor girl I was like just take care of the take care of that chair that granny fell off and get in the car and get back to Naren because you are all gonna know everything about your life in a few seconds
1: yeah they're gonna be (laughs) like who's this guy staying at their house like that's the thing is there there will literally like, I, I hope that this house is really
2: far out of town because that would literally happen in our town. Like they turn the lights on and so my uncle would like know that they were home and tell my other uncle and they would stop by and they'd see, oh, they'd report that there was another truck in the driveway and oh therefore they God. knew that I was home, but not by myself. I was there with my boyfriend and so it was a whole thing. And then they would just show up like sorry, I'm having wow. some PTSD here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, i grew up with a combination of both i grew up in brooklyn new york so it's like very you know city but then in a very small insular community so kind of both but mm. I, I didn't i i didn't experience it to that extent snoopy gossipy yes but i could just walk out and disappear you know like
1: <laughs> oh no I mean, even, the out of it. Su- even the summer camp i went to i mean when i was nine i had some person i had never met before just like be like and like asked me if I was related to my grandparents and I was like yes mm-hmm. yep and you don't know any
2: of their names and it's really awkward no <laughs> they're, they're like, just old people that you don't know
1: you like ran naked through my blueberry patch when you were two and it's like hi I don't know you okay
0: <laughs> you. Anyway, you back to the story Poppy mm-hmm. is looking at Dora, <laughs> and she's like why is he hunched over the car and she comes over and she's like Tora And we see her. And are you okay? What happened? She has this concerned look on her face, and people were very into her safety shorts. I didn't even (laughs) notice them. I'll be honest. It was just like okay, but yeah, the helmet, the safety shorts. She's cute. And Tora's like Mm leaning against his car. He's like, "Ever messed with the car?" And she's like, "What? Is it very serious?" And Tora's laughing, and like his back is dirty. (laughs) He's just laughing, and Poppy's like, "Mm?" (laughs) "Hmm," and she's like, "How is this funny? This is." So, what do you think, guys? What was up with jewelry? Do you think it was jewelry? Because I have a oh, theory. Yeah. Here's my theory. Do you want
1: yeah, to right go, go with go your here. theory. Let's
0: hear your theory. My theory is I thought that we had this focus on the rose bushes when Dora was <laughs> When Dora was looking out and he's like, oh, wait, I have to go, you know, look at something. And then those panels right before had a bunch of rose bushes. And I was like, wait, does he know about the La Rosa clan? And like, this is... <laughs> are rose bushes like their sign <laughs> okay I know rose bushes are flowers and people plant rose bushes but I didn't know it's probably Hillary but that's what I was thinking when he went to uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I went to Jory because like the fact that Poppy was worried that he didn't leave after Tora like slapped some teeth out probably tells me a lot about like George just has no self-preservation instincts if he mm-hmm is upset at somebody, it sounds like. He will just keep pushing until he gets what he wants. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, the fact that he was expecting to kind of, like, you know, kind of give this, like, backhanded comment as he leaves to Tora about, like, oh, well, this is the kind of girl you like and then swans off. But the fact that Tora just, like, hauled off and, like, slapped him into next week. um, Jory seems like the type who would... Do something to get even before he leaves. And I'm sure one, like, who does that to Torah? <laughs> Unless you death have wish. a death wish. <laughs> but like, you know, Tora doesn't have a reputation out of Moonbright. Like, Tory doesn't know who he is. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I probably wouldn't do anything to the person's car who just backhanded me. And like. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's your ex-girlfriend
2: and she's gonna be able to tell him they're gonna be able to find him so like that seemed stupid but we never really thought Lillard was exactly that smart
1: yeah I mean he doesn't he still doesn't even think that they're broken up yeah the fact that he's like oh but I love you so much and like I had a crush on you for so long and so like my guess is like based on the pranks that I've seen people do to cars like he either scratched something in the door he like let out the air in the tires or like I don't know, like dumped something on it. My guess is it's something that it's not drivable right now, but it's fixable. Yeah. And I think so that's. I'm kind of hoping we're yeah. gonna get Torah on the scooter ride. Scooter Tora, ride. <laughs> on the back of the scooter, like hanging on for dear life and like swearing because we're like down. I the want riding- him
2: to scream like a little girl that's what I hope for like I have had this thing in my head for months that he's that like I love the idea of him being like scared of shit like that like I've written that before I love it oh. it's one of my favorite theories is that like he doesn't like thrill rides he doesn't like stuff like that so I want him clinging to her and just like freaking out on the back of that scooter I don't care if it's logical I want it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just want it so bad but well on the back, he doesn't over. seem like a type who lets other people to- drive yeah normally so like he had to let poppy drive him home when he was sick but like they almost got in a car crash anyway. So he I, also I, met her after she crashed her scooter so she yeah, didn't exactly. <laughs> so like um I could just see him in general not being the type of person like I know a lot of guys who cannot stand somebody else driving like it's a control thing just in general but like i could see for him like it just feeling like really unsafe to let anybody else drive so yeah mm-hmm. i just love the thought of him like I mean, pop's just like oh here i have an extra helmet safety first
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, uh, this whole scene like blows my mind and i'm a little like i'm almost tempted to just be like stop trying to figure out what's going on because i don't understand what he's doing with the number plate and like what he's looking at. I'm wondering if he, There, I was reading some talk online, it's like, did he steal the car or did he actually rent it? And I hope he really rented it. I really want a behind the scenes of him at Enterprise being like, no, I don't need the additional insurance and like, like mm-hmm. signing some shit and standing in line for three hours and then getting the keys and doing the walk around. Like that's, <laughs> I, I like that idea better than him jacking a car, but like, did he put some sort of number plate cover over the license plate? Is that what mm-hmm. he's picking at when he's at the front of the car? Because then it looks like something came out of the little slot there but I can't figure out what it is or what what's happening Hmm. I thought it looked like a little piece of a blade that he like picked loose but then maybe looking at it again I think what I'm actually seeing is a reflection of a tire above the N in this panel Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if it's a number plate cover like one of those things so that like you can't read the plate and he was checking it to see if the cover was in place because he just says the number plate is still in place
0: yeah so, he was looking for a hidden camera or a gps tracker
2: something like that but then hmm. i don't know i there's so many things that could be wrong with this car but i think We just sort of look at it in terms of like what plot progression is gonna be is car disabled now must ride scooter. So it's like, I don't care what's wrong with the car, something's wrong with the car. The car is not going anywhere though. So now they gotta go to the house, and there shall be no escape for at least two to three days of domestic (laughs) bliss. So that's what I'm hoping is coming.
0: Nice. Well,
1: with this episode, I know. There was some chatter from some people saying that it felt slow or it didn't seem like a lot happened but I feel like narratively like as somebody now who writes stories too, like within an individual chapter you kind of have a natural progression of like emotions kind of ramp up or action ramps up and then you kind of have kind of coming down from that and with web comics obviously a lot of time you'll and the episode on the highest cliffhanger emotionally wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually you do resolve that. And so we've had the season start very like, we're just there, we're in the action, Poppy's being chased there on Airy Street. Um, you know, then she's at work and we have Gil being super creepy. Um, and then, you know, her grandmother and she can't find her grandmother and what's going on. And so she races to Moonbrite. And so we've had this like, escalating 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 tension um and that to and poppy haven't you know been together um pretty much since the day before and so it's like ramping 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 up and like jewelry getting smacked to me kind of felt like the climax of this Mm -hmm. mini arc and now we're kind of coming down to a quieter moment with just the two of them which we haven't had since you know mm-hmm. the beginning of the season so now it's back to just the two of them again and I I feel like now we'll get a couple quieter episodes before yeah. things yeah. go nuts it's again it's the mm-hmm. first time that they're going to get some
2: private time alone together where one of them does not need to go to an airport uh mm-hmm. and they're also one of them is not sick mm-hmm. <laughs> and like passing out uh where there's not a literal party happening around them where they're not drunk so it's actually, it's going to be, Poppy,
1: Poppy cannot run away.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of that. So it's, I think it's going to be a really satisfying moment. That doesn't make me think that Lily isn't going to have the cousins show up just at a <laughs> super inopportune moment because yeah. we all love doing shit like that. Nice. <laughs> so I, I don't, I think, you know, she's, she's got to dole it out in batches. Like, I think we're going to get some satisfaction mm-hmm. because that's, you know, you can see see that coming but you know she's also gotta kind of mess with us a little bit like we all do it it's fun like you can't tell me when you're writing shit fricks that you're not sitting there being like <laughs> like oh, yeah, I turn totally into a straight up goblin sometimes I'm like they're gonna hate this but I'm gonna do it anyway
1: <laughs> well like my most recent revised chapter I ended on a cliffhanger and I'm like wow I've been so nice I haven't done one of these for a while go me and I was like <laughs> and then people like ah and I'm like oh yeah I forgot how fun this is
2: yeah I'm always in the comments giving people shit be like that was illegal why did you do that and then I go over to my own stuff be like now I shall do it to you (laughs) it's just one big torture chamber over on AO3 yep but I think that this I like how this this Uh, Mm -hmm. chapter like I like that it wrapped up with him laughing like I like that Mm -hmm. I always like to see him laughing I like to see like whether this is a situation of like he's just cannot believe that this is happening or he's frustrated but I like that it's coming out in terms of of laughter because I think a lot of people in his situation uh with, you know high emotional stakes right now he's stressed out he you know just tracked her down but he's been looking for her. he's worried about her he's scared and this asshole ex is obviously stressing him out as well and now this guy is potentially come and dick with his car or his car is damaged in some other way like a lot of people would throw another lantern so I'm happy mm-hmm. that he's laughing now mm-hmm. that you know yeah. some at least he's found some peace or at least enough to be able to just laugh at the ridiculousness of the situation or the fact that he knows he has to climb onto a small scooter and wear an embarrassing (laughs) helmet
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah i do like that we got some really nice like quiet moments with just the two of them in this episode where there was no interruptions Mm -hmm. besides him you know he went to go deal with his car and then leave money for the broken lantern um but like we didn't have like random people like it's late obviously um but like nobody like you know walked up to to distract the conversation so we really did get a chance to kind of see them both like emotionally processing like reacting to each other you know and you notice there was no like usually they'll kind of tease or banter, or, like, Tora will crack jokes, Mm -hmm. um, or, like, try to make a pass at her, and, like, there was none of that in this, Mm -hmm. because I think for both of them, like, they were relieved to see each other, and I think, like, just the events of the past few days have been so intense that they need, like, I think they both realize, like, the teasing isn't really Mm -hmm. going to help in this like, now is not the time for like pervy yep. comments.
2: <laughs> yeah them away for just a sec no it's nice. It, you're right it's nice to see that moment of peace and i mean he did they had their kind of flirty banner banter as they walked over towards the the gas station but mm-hmm. it's it is nice to see them you know mm-hmm. be serious together a little bit and just have those real human moments where they they have all of their because that 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 banter and that sarcasm that is definitively i know when i'm uncomfortable it's in one of my company disc profiles at work it literally says makes jokes when uncomfortable <laughs> so mm-hmm. i it is is definitely a, a defense mechanism so mm-hmm. seeing that come down a little bit is really
0: nice right well ladies this was super super nice i'm gonna have to go my poor kids are not sleeping because i'm in their room <laughs> but um <laughs> thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure Bogonia. it's been a pleasure to have you again and top style, Stifi, it's been awesome to meet you and have you on it's super nice and i'm so excited you came and thank you
1: yeah thank to you us. <laughs> yeah
0: thanks so much i'll see you later
1: Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you so much. To my current patrons, Susie, Lady, Libris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Ann, Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, Emilda, Shannon, Esther, and I'm watching you. Your support is truly appreciated.